And welcome to the Everyday Board Game Podcast with your hosts, Daniel. And Daniel. Daniel, good evening, sir. All right, you got it right. Yes, uh, good evening. <laughs> I'm trying to be better about it, as always. <laughs> but no, it, it, it really is, because we're actually playing much, much later than we normally would. Um, yeah, not much later. It's about 30 minutes later. No, but, well, recently we've been filming around like 5 or so in the afternoon, 5 in the evening, I want to say. I think last week we filmed at 7, so. Oh, okay. Well, it's not that much later. <laughs> yeah, so I was like, it's not much different. And before yeah. that, we always started at 7. It's been a long day, but and we've only planned for really uh, one one topic today, oh, yeah. which is good. I mean that that's all the better. We, although, despite us taking an easy day on board games, we have been having a good week on board games, haven't we? Yeah, we have. Uh, got some gaming in. Got uh, last week. Had a good time doing that. Yeah. I've been playing a game since January first. Though I didn't play it over the weekend, I had to do some catch up mm-hmm. because I got my booster shot and it kicked. My really, butt. I didn't yes. know you did. I got it on Friday. Do you mind my asking which which uh, Pfizer? Which, which brand of uh, chip that they put in you? Um, I think it's Microsoft. Chip. Microsoft. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Darn it. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, I'm not. A, I'm, I'm anti Apple, so yeah, I don't blame you. <laughs> But then, I mean, you don't want your your microchip being accidentally like paired up with your Alexa, you know? It's, yeah, that pretty could be much. Bad. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. I hate it well, when that happens. We're but. just being facetious, so <laughs> we're being feces issues, say. Yeah, no. It. I'm glad you got your booster. I got mine like a few months ago, and man, it feels good. And especially now in our home state, you know, a lot of places are requiring, you know, if you're if you're six months after your vaccination, you required the booster. Yeah, which well, I mean, the my state actually sent me the information already, pretty much scheduled it for me. I just had to figure out which day or where I wanted to go. Yeah, they finally sent me a couple days off. I'm sure. Yeah, and so I had to do it where I knew I was going to be off. I even had to call in on Sunday because I was still having a, a side effect from it. So right. But all in honesty, I'm glad I got it. Um, it still sucks. I don't know if I want to do another booster because I'm one of the few people that have a massive side effect with it where I get a swollen lymph node. Ooh. Oh, did that happen again? It happened again. So it is, it's not one that's talked about, but there are people who are getting it. I'm one of them. And it was painful. Like I couldn't use my left arm. For, wow! For a couple of days, it was just it. I didn't have any grip strength. I remember that was really tough last time. Like, oh I, yeah, it, you were you were hurting for quite some time. After. I'm still hurting a little bit, but it's it got better quicker than last time. So I'm glad about that. So it's just like, do I want to get another one and <laughs> go through this? What the the alternative could be worse. So yeah, the alternative is probably way worse. But I mean, it it doesn't mean that doesn't make this good. You know, it doesn't yeah. make it pleasant. I, I get you. It's like, you know, would you rather have, you know, COVID or a cold? Well, obviously a cold, but it doesn't mean you want a cold. Yeah, You exactly. know what I mean? So if you like, hear me like a little congested and sniffly, yeah. that's still everything I'm getting from that booster shot. Oh, gotcha. I, I, let's hope so. <laughs> no, it, it no, literally I, is. I, trust I was you. perfectly... I, I trust you, <laughs> no, but here... no, I'm not de- denying this. I'm just saying I trust you. No, that's all. but I'm just saying I was perfectly frying on Friday. Um, perfectly frying on it? Yeah, and then I got the shot Friday morning or like at noon. And come 7 o'clock, it just, boom, oh, it railroaded yeah. me. <laughs> yep. I When I first got my... My first vaccine, the exact same thing happened. I felt absolutely great. In fact, I saw a couple people that uh, 
I played games with, you know, and people I met. Uh, it was actually really neat because it was the the Coast Guard uh, or uh, National Guard, one of the two. Yeah. Um, and they were giving out shots, and I saw a couple people I knew. I was like, hey, how you? You know, and I felt great at seven o'clock. <laughs> I started shaking. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I have chills all of a sudden. Yeah, I got really feverish, really congested. Yeah. Uh, and then, what was it? Like, Saturday, I was just dead. I was, like, uh, very feverish. I didn't even leave my bed all day, yeah. except for, like, when I had to get to, go to the bathroom or get something to eat real quick. But right. went right back to bed and just laid and watched TV. Luckily, we just recently mounted our TV in the bedroom. So it was just, like, I'm comfortable and I can <laughs> right. watch TV still. But yeah, no, it was it was a bit rough, but uh, my fever broke probably like four o'clock Sunday morning. I started okay. feeling a little better, but I also I called off the day before because like I I can't I mess with heavy appliances and if losing one arm can really be a detrimental for me and my partner because we deal with like refrigerators. Yeah, that's unsafe. <clears throat> that's absolutely unsafe. So I had to call off with that, and but I went back to work on Monday and today I'm which is a Tuesday. I'm I'm feeling good. It's just I'm still sore and a little bit of the congestion from it, but other than that I'm fine. Well, that's your punching arm, right? No, this one's my punching arm. Oh, right? darn. <laughs> <laughs> I make sure to get it in my left arm because, you know, I got to still have the ability to, you know, defend myself. Defend yourself. <laughs> like this is an intimidation factor. <laughs> defend yourself. <laughs> You know, my wife is getting rather upset that I keep coming home with black eyes. That's all I'm saying. Oh, goodness. Well, let's get into a more serious topic. Board games. <laughs> Daniel, have you been playing any board games lately? I have. What have you been playing? So, the big thing I want to talk about is I finally actually started up our game group again. So, that that was one thing I want to mention because I it, had no idea, despite <laughs> me being there last week, which was amazing. Honestly, was. I really had a good time, and I think we're going to do it again tomorrow. Uh, that's hopefully, hopefully, I'm I got the plan to do it. So yeah, I mean, I wasn't going to ask you on live live <laughs> yeah. broadcast, but hey, are we playing tomorrow? Yeah, we're playing. All tomorrow. right, let's play tomorrow. I'm in. I already got the okay from the wife to restart it on Wednesday, and that's what matters. And I want to mention howdy to Creator Chaos. Thank you for joining us. Hey, hey, Creator. Creative Chaos. Yeah, thanks for joining. Yeah, that was a really fun game night. Um, so I wonder how many of these games that... <laughs> There's so, going to be some crossover here. <laughs> right. We, we don't tend to pre-show each other. And I, I like this because we can bounce off of each other. Yeah. But um, I wonder how much of this is going to be crossover and how much I'm going to have to like talk about other games that I've played <laughs> just to kind of counterbalance it. Um, but, you know, first and foremost, though, like... You you played a lot of new to you games. That, uh, yeah, that I'm looking at one, two, th- three, four, five. Yeah, five I, of the six I games played we played. Seven, and that's because you were also working on mounting your other TV. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Illuminous is joining us. Thank you so much. And uh, yeah, it is the legacy. We're going to get into that. We're going to get into that discussion here in a little bit. Yeah, perfect timing. <laughs> yeah, it's um, we're going to be talking about. Uh, we're going to compare and contrast uh, Exit and the Unlock games. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this topic. Uh, I'll I probably like, throw in like a side. I mean, we could talk about some of the other ones yeah. too, but the, the main ones that we've both played and mm-hmm. people talk a lot about right. because of their licensing too. Right. You can probably see it on my shelf back there. One of them has got a big license attached to it. That's right. That's right. And But have you played that one yet? No, I haven't yet. I want yeah. to. I really do. I have do. it too, and I haven't played it. <laughs> and like, I would offer to play it with you, but then that makes one of our copies pointless. <laughs> exactly. So, exactly. That's the problem here. 
But yeah, we'll we'll get into that. So Oh, I do have to mention one thing though. Uh-huh. I did a thing today. Oh, you did a thing. I did a thing. Well, that's always productive. <laughs> I did a Kickstarter thing. Oh no, I saw that there was at least two Kickstarters that came out that I was aware of. Yeah. Uh remember the one that everybody's been talking about? No. The solo mode game, uh, the solo player game from Van Ryder. Oh, Final, Final Girl. Girl. I didn't realize that was out today. Oh, yeah. no, because, because today also started the Dice Tower. Dice Tower. And also a game from Bezier. Oh, that, that that's not even the one I was looking thinking about, too. I also backed the uh, the expansions for Viscounts of the West Kingdom to get the Collector's Edition box, too. Today's a rough day for Kickstarters. I know out of all those games, though, I'm... I. So I supported Dice Tower last year. Yeah, and I'm going to do it. Ironically enough, I got my my uh, so <laughs> one of the items that they did was yeah. a Dice Tower deck of bicycle playing cards, yeah. and I'm a playing card collector. And I oh, I knew Tower. you were going to get that. Yeah, that that was the only thing I got. I got it yesterday. Nice. I haven't even got mine yet. Barely, I got it <laughs> yesterday. And the new Kickstarter, like, but uh, Tom Vassell of the Dice Tower, he did a whole like. Q&A thing, and even on the Board Game Breakfast episode, yeah. where he explained like why he does that, because they pay for the salaries. Makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, and it helps uh, with your equipment and yeah. stuff, and microphones. And, and I, I do appreciate the fact that he's like, hey, if you buy stuff, like, it's seriously way overpriced. Like, that's on purpose. Yeah. And, you know, he's not trying to be... Yeah, no, no, no. Not trying to be... <laughs> Speaking of overpriced, that, Final that. Girl. <laughs> final Girl. Okay, so... How much is like the all in for Final Girl? You don't want to know. I do want to know because I, I was a big hostage negotiator fan, which was their original game that Take Final Girl based off of. I mean, I know that there's multiple scenarios. Take a guess for the all in. <sighs> Shoot, I saw a picture of it, and it was probably maybe ten expansions, and I want to say that each of those expansions has got to be at least like twenty, thirty bucks. So I'm gonna say three hundred. You're not wrong. Three hundred and thirty dollars. Three hundred thirty dollars. I mean, Van. I'm gonna say it right now. Van Ryder makes really good stuff. No, I and I, they. Three yeah, hundred twenty nine. You're off by a dollar. Am sure. I? Well, plus shipping. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, but the problem is like, so I visited the the Van Ryder booth at a previous convention. And they always make high quality stuff. I've only ever been disappointed in a single, a single thing that they've ever produced. And that was the, they had a, a book series, like where it's like mm-hmm. a, an yeah, adventure book. Yeah, because we, we saw, we played mm-hmm. the, what is it, the Caruso crew? That's the one. And the books fell apart after the second play. Mm. And so I need to get like a photo album or like, or make like, like custom notebooks just to pull it off and i haven't played it since because so, i don't Luminous, want the books to fall apart it's not quite a big box it's two boxes oh no <laughs> yeah oh, so no. it's series one and series two they're doing like the storage box like he's talking about right there and yeah. one of the 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 goals that they've already met is that they're going to do like a special art this way you can display them all together Oh, that's unnecessarily awesome. <laughs> yeah. That, I love that. And yeah, uh, Creative Chaos, uh, I'm curious how much you thought because you're saying that <laughs> it wasn't as bad. But yeah, scrapbooking, it's so disappointing. I want to buy 
I think the pages are small enough to fit in like photo albums. Oh, for crew, like, so crew, yeah. I can get like small notebooks and I can put in the pages. It's just it. The thing is with with that one is because it was one of their first ones, so I think their quality has it been. It wasn't one of their first ones. That's the problem. It was their it was their first series where four players are playing simultaneously, but they had already created. Probably four or five, at least as many. Books. Well, it's weird because you're you're the only one that really I've heard that ha- happening to. Like, because I've heard other people saying Van Ryder games is they've never had the, that kind of issue where they're just kind of falling really? apart. Yeah. yeah, maybe I got a defective one. It but then again, Final Girl is also a solo play, so I don't have to right. worry about you know because you were demoing it at the game store a lot too. Which one? Grusoku. I never once. That's I... where I played it. Okay, then I did once. <laughs> no, but that. That was was it already falling apart? Because I had played it twice. Um. Yeah, I think you were warning someone about someone's character or something yeah. like that. Yeah, because that's when I first noticed it. But the second time I ever played it, it was falling. One of the books was already falling apart, and so you must have played it only the third time ever. Yeah. So which... I, I mean, I enjoyed it. I liked it, and uh, I heard really good things about Final Girl. Yeah, it looks good. It and looks really good. honestly, I like social games when they're. Like easy pick up and clean up. Like Oniram is a good one. Um, I haven't started it yet, but I want to play it. Proving Ground, I heard, is really good, easy cleanup and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah. And the book series, Illuminous said that that they quite like the series. Yeah, I I have one of their other ones. It's like a Japanese uh, Japanese themed one, and yeah, it's really fun. It's good. And that one's not falling apart on me, so that's even better. Yeah. And, but yeah, I mean they're. It was probably for that book series, Crusoe Crew, it was probably like $100 for four books. Yeah, no. I know. Mean, the quality's worth it, but it's just that that was Amazing art in that, too. What's that? Yeah, amazing, amazing art. art. Amazing yeah. art. No, I, I'm looking forward to it, though. I've been wanting to play it, and I've been trying to look for copies, but everything sold out. And then yeah. I saw this, because uh, I was actually looking at the, the Kickstarter for mm-hmm. Dice Tower, and I just pulled up Kickstarter, and I'm like, wait, what? Final Girl? Yeah, I saw <laughs> And I'm that. like, I'll just do it. So now the question is, did you do all in? Mm-hmm. You're going to let me borrow it, right? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe after I finish the core box, because uh, all that other thing plug into the core box. Have you played um, uh, the, the the original one, Hostage Negotiator? No, I haven't. I heard really good things about it, but um, Final Girl, if I remember correctly, is based off a comic series or a graphic novel. Oh, okay. And you know me. I love... And, and horror at that, so... Yeah. It's blending, like, two it things really I'm really into. <laughs> The, I'll lend it to you so you can give it a shot. It's okay. pretty good. It's, it's it up out. there as one of my more favorite uh, solo games. It's since been perpa- surpassed by a couple, but it was number two for the longest time. No, I've heard good things. I just haven't played it. Good deal. All right. All right. Now that we talked to Kickstarter right. news. Um, Breaking news from us, which I think we're going to air this episode, what, in about in three February, or four weeks? Yeah. <laughs> so if it's done by then, oh, well. So, yeah. So let's get into it. Uh, what have we been playing? And I lost my... There it is. You lost your list. No worries. Uh, you forgot to do the coin of doom. Oh, let's take. Let's do this. Let's do the coin of doom because I don't think we're going to be using this much today. No, but we're gonna we're gonna flip the coin of doom. Mm-hmm. Daniel, you'll be going first. What have you been playing lately? Well, so the first one I want to talk about is the first one we played at said game night. You finally showed me Space Invaders. A I don't know. I wouldn't say a sequel, but a re-theming of flip ships from King Clinko. Yeah, it is absolutely a re... It, it's essentially the same game. I believe there might be a difference or two, but the the only real big difference... The little... 
is the <laughs> is the device to launch the token. The to- uh, yeah, the token launch. Oh man, I had a great time with it. I really like this game. Setup is annoying. The board is annoying because it it doesn't want to lay straight. Yeah. Um. But other than that. I had a great time playing this one. It's going to stay in my collection for a bit. I really, really enjoyed this one. I'm glad I got it off my shelf of shame. So that helped out a lot too. And you're welcome. I really, and we played it on easy and lost. No, no, we, no, we, won. we won barely, but not by much. It was the last turn. <laughs> yeah. I think it was by like what? Two points or something like that. Yep. We needed two more hits. Yep. And it, I just got lucky in one of the shots and I killed two things with one shot. So, it was, uh, it's called Space Invaders. Yep, Space Invaders. I don't think, I, I don't know if I actually said the name. So, so And so now let, let's talk about the components and as far as that goes. I know, I know it's not a compare and contrast, but the original flip ships that it's based off of was a $40 MSRP game from Renegade Games. Yeah. And the components now is a $20 MSRP game from Buffalo Games, which is better components. Except for the board. No, well, the original board wasn't a board. Well, yeah, I mean, but if that your table was warped, then it'd be warped. But it was just a little sheet of cardboard that you would extend. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I appreciate the fact that it has a one in, or a two. I, and three I, I get game. the the board, board is nice and and better from compared to flip ships, but the warping of it and just the cards wouldn't lay, and you're trying yeah. to move them down and stuff like that, and you're yeah. literally flipping tokens at it. But this is what drew me in. For our audio listeners, I'm sorry, but. That cover. Cover's fantastic. Yeah. For what, $25? It's 20 or 25 yeah. Yeah, it's, it's really cheap. Like you Target can find it at Target, yeah. Now, the, the part that drew me in, it, well, first off, I already King Klinko. King Klinko, I'm a fan. <laughs> we, need to, we need to get him on for a breakdown one of these days. Yeah. So we need to write that down. I'll, I'll write it down later. But more so, what, what I really liked about was that little device. It functionally is really good. It works really well, like oh, surprisingly yeah. well. The launcher works really well for something like so cheap. You think, yeah. you know, flimsy plastic and stuff like that. It worked well. Um, yeah. I don't, I've only played it two players. Uh, I don't know how it feels like with more players. Everybody's taking their shot, but I mean, you and me were giggling while doing it. Oh, we loved I was, every minute. Yeah, I, I was making some amazing shots. I took down the ship by myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you were pretty happy about that. Well, your all of your special abilities also catered to that. To that ship, yeah. And as soon as you took down that, the mothership, you were like, okay, well. Uh, my powers I, are useless. Yeah, and you were the second player in that last turn, too, so that was just like you need to hit things really well, and we need to hope because we got to b- break these guys down. Speaking of my love for horror, my uh, Frankenstein mug. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, you normally get on my case about the show and tell, what is this? <laughs> no, Daniel, how dare you be this be this way in your own home? How dare you? But no, it. Where's uh, the lightsaber? Oh, oh, sorry. I, I mean, I will send my comments, and I completely agree. Space Invaders is amazing. Yeah, I, that's a great. The game. only thing is, I don't know if I want to keep both copies now. I new year, new Daniel. Yep. Yeah, maybe I, maybe I shouldn't. You know, I'm trying to reduce the collection. That's one of my goals. Mm-hmm. As much as I wanted flip ships for so long, I now have a copy of Space Invaders and Flip Ships, which are essentially the same game. Yeah, I like the Space Invaders theme better. I like the cut or the art better in Flip Ships, but oh, see, I like the art in Space Invaders because it literally reminds me of the arcade game. Yeah, I like it too. It just it you know I there was something I really enjoyed about the Flip Ships cover. That's just as it, a small detail. But yeah, 
Yeah, I after wanting to buy a copy for so long, and after finally getting a, an acquiring acquiring a copy, and then I bought Space Invaders. <laughs> you know, if you like, like ah. flip ships, you would enjoy Space Invaders. Yeah, it's, it's it's literally the same game. It's just put the because everybody compared it to the Space Invaders uh, IP, and King Clinko somehow was able to get it onto that IP. And right, exactly. So, yeah, no, good pick, very good pick. <coughs> so let's see what I've been playing lately. Oh, okay. I played a game. It's an abstract strategy game. Oh, good. That is incredibly thematic. Onitama? That time you <laughs> killed me. Oh, you finally did get to I play it. I finally that. got to play it with a good friend of mine, uh, a mutual friend of ours. He He's amazing at chess, so I knew he would appreciate the, you know, uh, a good two-player game, Jim. Oh, okay. And uh, he's been on the show Yeah, before. I was going to say, his. you could say his name. He's yeah. been on here. But... Um, I sat him down and I told him the premise of it. He was like, okay. And I read some of the like better excerpts from the rule book because that's one of the funniest, <laughs> funniest rule books I've ever got, I've ever read. It's fantastic. Some of the best jokes I've ever seen on it. And uh, like there was one part where... See, I thought this was the one that you were playing while I was mounting the, the bigger TV in the living room. No, we ended up playing, I think, another copy of Ripoff. Oh, okay. Yeah. But what was so funny about it is like there's one part where it talks about it's like, well, you know, if you agree that you could be tied, you know, you could both surrender. It's kind of like chess, but we're not really sure. We think back in the day you played chess, your people did, when you weren't dodo hunting. It's like stuff like this. Like, why are you... What? And you even made a great reference that I sent a picture to you guys of Dinosaur Island, where it even says... Oh, because yeah, it's, it's a Pandasaurus again. It's Pandasaurus. Yeah. So, by the way, we borrowed your time machine. To bring back dinosaurs to our time frame. But don't worry, we're being really safe about it. We're putting them all on an island. <laughs> <laughs> like, I love that little nod to their previous stuff. Oh, man, that's it, awesome. It was so fantastic. But what's interesting about it is there's four little boxes. Each of the boxes um, extend the gameplay in a different way. Okay. And so, technically, you're not supposed to read or, like, spoil the first chapter. But I'm going to tell you the first chapter anyway because it doesn't even tell you. No, no, don't spoil it if you're not supposed to spoil it. No, I'm going to anyway. No. Too bad. No, I can mute your mic. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> no, but what I'm saying, though, is that it doesn't even tell you how to play the game prior to Chapter 1. So that is the first game that you're playing with. But <laughs> what what you're trying to do is you're trying to eliminate uh, the Hold opponent's on. I'll, I'll, I'll fix this. Hold on. You're trying to eliminate the opponent. No, this is just how basic <laughs> gameplay. Calm down. You're trying to eliminate the opponent's pieces um, from two of the th- three boards. Right, and if you do that, then you win. And so the basic movement you could either you get two actions on your turn. Uh, you could either move orthogonally. You can jump between time frames. If you push uh, your opponent into the wall, that kills them. If you push them into, if you push them into a copy of themselves, that causes a paradox and kills both of them. And then finally. Uh, you you could jump forward in time, which nothing happens. But if you jump backwards in time, it makes a copy of yourself. Th- those have nothing to do with chapter one. None of that is is spoilers. But what what is interesting, and this is not even a spoiler because it's technically on the cover of the box. the The first chapter is called Growth, and it has to do with plants, and it does stuff over time. And when you're playing. That makes it a very interesting dynamic because something that you do in in like the past is very different than in the future, and how you interact with it and how you interact with the other players it makes it a very intriguing 
Um, very intriguing game. And it hurts my brain so much. We played it like three times and I loved every minute of it. I can't suggest this game enough. From a, a true fan of abstract strategies with a lot of theme into it all of a sudden, it makes no sense, but it's amazing. So that's uh, that time you killed me. I'm sorry, I wasn't listening. I know. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. Thought I could Sounds, help everybody. It, it, it seems interesting. I do want to try it. I just haven't got it to. Mind you, we just started gameplay. It's fine. Yeah. So you'll get it to the table again, probably. Yeah, I'm not too worried about it. All right. So my second game is actually not a game that's on my list over here because I'm actually playing an RPG of sorts. So a buddy of mine gave me Quest Calendar for Christmas, and I've been playing through the tutorial. I actually had to catch up on it because I missed the weekend because, I, like I mentioned at the top of the thing, I was uh, dealing with um, side effects from the booster shot. Mm-hmm. But I finally got into it, uh, started playing it. I was doing pretty good. I was on a roll. I was doing some high rolls, d- destroying things. I'm like, ah, I get to this like major part. And I've only lost one health, and it's because it's a mandatory losing of a health. Uh, <laughs> you go yeah. through something, and you lose a health. And so you can actually see what's going on over there. I run into these things where I have to fight them, and I had to fight four of them. I only killed one, Ooh. and I missed the other three. Oh, is that so, what those like, zeros are? Yeah. Ooh. And so the zeros are the damage I did to them. Because I missed them. And the damage they did to me was I went from 29 health to 21 health in just one day. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I really, really am enjoying it so far. It's been a fun activity to do. And it's just something I'm in here. Pull the calendar sheet off. Go to the next round. The back of this one will work with the next day. So, like, oh, okay. this one says Tuesday, January 11th. When mm-hmm. I pull that off, it'll be more the story. And then it tells you, um, and like, if I'm finding something else, it tells you this hits, this misses. This is how much damage you did to it. And so, I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, so far, so good. Mind you, I'm just doing, like, the tutorial. I think January's just the tutorial month before mm-hmm. I can actually play an actual character that I want to build. And I have my character already picked out for when I do play it. Mm-hmm. So, I'm really intrigued. Uh, see how this is going to go. Because, honestly, I've had fun. And I'm not a huge RPG player to begin with. But this has been very intriguing. And then... He's playing it, my wife's playing it, and his wife is also playing the same game. Yeah. So we're in a group chat texting like, hey, how'd you do with this? How'd you do with that? And stuff like that. That's so cool. it's just, it's a nice um, collaboration as well. Yeah, that sounds like good fun. I might want to play this at work. That'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> little time on the desk, you know, that'd be good. And then the fact is that I got, he gave me the one that has like the really itty bitty tiny dice. So oh, yeah, <laughs> that's why I'm really enjoying it. It's called Quest Calendar. It uh, was a Kickstarter for tw- uh, 2021 for the 2022 year. So it took him a little while to get it. I think it was like early part. And so it's just an everyday calendar that has like an RPG on it. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. So how is the storyline good or is it more mechanistic? Like what? Uh, so far, the storyline's good. But mind you, we're also in the, just in the tutorial phase. Right. So it's not really giving me much information about what's going on. I guess my question is, does it seem like it's more story-based? 
it seems like it's going to be story based, but it's also like decisions you have to make. So um, right now, uh, everybody's playing one the same character because it's the tutorial. So you're playing like the commander something. Can't remember his name. He's just a generic knight. You just you get to choose your weapon. So some of us like with me, my stats are across the board. Um, most of them are low. So like my strength is a plus one. My wisdom is a plus one. My constitution is a plus two. My dexterity is a plus two. Oh, don't be so hard on yourself. And then my charisma and intelligence are plus fours. No, that's a lie. <laughs> no, oh, jeez, I'm sorry. <laughs> and it's, I've really enjoyed it so far. Yeah, $24 with no dice. Um, the dice are really cool. They're really small. Um, so I, I just find it intriguing. And so I already have my character picked when I do finally get to make my own character. And that's where I'm intrigued to see how the story goes. Because right now it just seems it is story based, but it's more just like uh, your generic fantasy right now. Just because I think it's trying to teach you how to play the calendar because you got to play this for an entire year. Right. That makes sense. So that story better be intriguing because it's like halfway through it, you're like, ah. Oh. Fighting another monster, <laughs> doing the same thing over and over. I mean, I imagine a really good way to break it down. I don't. I'm not saying that I know. Well, I also like noticed full storylines and then thirty. Yeah, what also noticed, um, like the last two Saturdays and Sundays were on the same paper. So oh, okay. your Saturdays and Sundays kind of blend together. It might just be for the tutorial. I don't know. I haven't really skipped ahead. It probably is. No, most of the tear off calendars tend to do that. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll find out. Cool. All right. Uh, my next game that I've been playing is from one of our, well, not one of our favorite designers, but a, a designer that we both really like. Um, he is known for two things. He used to be known for farming and animals, and now he's known for polyominoes. Can you tell us which one? Yuve uh, Rosenberg. That's right. I played New York Zoo from Capstone Games. Uh, designed by Uwe Rosenberg. It's in a pretty big box, and I thought that it was going to be... Um, I, I honestly thought that it was going to be, like, an Agricola, like, Which one is this game. New York Zoo. Oh, you finally got it played. Finally got it played. And I would say it's, like, a slightly more complex version of Patchwork. It's actually surprisingly simple. Really? Yeah. So, the goal of the goal of it, which, first off, it's not victory points. Shocker, right? It's not whoever gets the most victory points. It's literally whoever fills in their board with polyomino tiles first wins. Oh, okay. And so your board is your board is uh, polyomino tiles, um, or the the central board is polyomino tiles, known as bays, and you have to sort them in a pretty weird way. Yeah. But they decrease in size, which is interesting. And you use a similar like patchwork thing; you can only go to the next three spots. But interwoven amongst these bays are uh, animal spots, where mm -hmm. if you land on it, you take the depicted animals. So it could be like flamingos and muskrats and arctic foxes and stuff like that right okay and so you take those and you put them into your zoo well the catch is first off if you want to take a polyomino tile you must have an animal ready to go in it okay so you have like a couple little houses there and if you don't have an animal to go in it then you can't take a tile you must get animals instead okay so it's it's a definite but if you have empty empty land tiles you could potentially put other animals into it and that matters because once any player passes a breeding spot, uh, which you can only jump over, everyone's uh, depicted animal breeds. And as long as you have two or more in the same pen, it automatically breeds. You making babies? 
making babies. Ah. But now here's the thing. You only make one baby. But if you happen to have an additional copy of that animal, like in one of your storage houses, yeah. you can also place that down as well. So there's like some weird pre-planning that you're going. <laughs> and, but what matters is that once you complete one of your polyomino tiles okay. and fill them with animals entirely, they all get removed. Except for one can go to one of your storehouses, storage houses, and then you get an attraction, which is just a polyomino tile that just fills space. And so those also decrease in size because, of course, everyone's getting the big ones first. Yeah. It's really weird, but it works. <laughs> it works really well. Um, it, I mean, the only thing that, like, there was one part about Agricola that was really interesting is how all the different crops grew in different ways. Yeah. And, like, whenever there's a harvest, everything grew, and you could kind of accumulate these wealth. It's like that with animals, but playing patchwork to get more time. That's an interesting combo. It's really strange, but it worked pretty well. Um, it was a lot lighter than I thought it was going to be. I could probably teach it to you pretty well. There's a couple, like, small little caveats on how to play it, but it was overall really enjoyable. Um, definitely going to keep it in my collection. So far, Capstone Games is, is a hit per hit. I don't think I've played a bad Capstone game yet. I'm sure there's no, plenty of Chip time. Theory, I think it's okay. I played Chip Theory. Yeah, they're okay. But Capstone Games... I Capstone mean, and Chip Theory are the ones I always get mixed up with because they're right. both really nice component quality. Right. So, yeah, no, I, I want to try this one. Um, looks interesting. It really is. It, yeah, it does. The cover's really nice, too. And again, Juve Rosenberg. Yeah. Yeah. So, my next game on my list, uh, this was, should be my last one, right? This is the fourth one? Or is this the third one? Uh, this is our third one. Third one, okay. Yep. So I got one more after this. The fir- the the next one I want to talk about though is from one of our favorite designers. You actually showed me this one before everybody showed up, and it's uh-huh. Phil Walker sure. Harding, and it's Cloud City by Blue Orange Games. Mm-hmm. And I like the fact that Blue Orange Games is getting more tactical with their things, but still keeping it simple. Yep. Because they were mainly known for. Like kids games. Kids games, kids yeah. Games, yeah. So I really, really enjoyed this one. It was an interesting concept that you're building up. You can only do like a, what is it, a nine by nine grid. Mm-hmm. And so you got to be smart of how you're building up your cities. This way you can build your bridges properly. And the further along it goes, you got to make that choice. Do I wait? Do I wait? Do I keep waiting? Mm-hmm. And I had a blast doing it. I sucked, <laughs> but it was so good. I really enjoyed it because all it is is you you get a tile, you play it out, you decide at that point in time where you're going to build buildings and you're going to build a bridge. You don't have to build the bridge, but if you're going to build buildings, you have to build both of those buildings. And that's the only time you can do it because eventually you can build a bridge onto that building mm-hmm. that you just placed. So it gets interesting the more choices you have to make my big gripe is both of you and me is like is this a yep. red or is this a brown no, it was either brown <laughs> or gray green. green yeah and it's it's very pastel brown or green which is very frustrating the colors could have been a little bit better but the gameplay itself is so simple and so good because you can build your bridges they go from length of one two three five and, and eight, eight. So the further along you get, the more points you get, because those are going to be your points at the end of the game. And it does so well. What uh, I like about it is just 
it's very thinky, but very quick, and it's not something that hurts your brain in a sense. Yeah. It's very simple. I can teach this to non-players, and they probably still enjoy this game, other yeah. than the fact, for me, the colors are a problem. Right. But you play a tile, you build your buildings, and you draw a tile later on. You can draw the ones that are up, or you can draw off the top. Yep. So, very simple play, and then it goes to the next person. You keep going that until both players have a 9x9 nine nine grid, you count up your points, and the end of the game. I had a really t- good time playing it. I really enjoyed it. Probably going to stay in my collection because I collect the Phil Walker Harding games as well. Yep. My only issue, again, is the color. Yeah, and, and I and I gave you that ex- that heads up, too. It's like, hey, look, these colors, not the best, but no. one, once, we, once we get through it, it's not difficult. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, I'm probably going to Sharpie mine, you know, just take like, a, like put a couple dots on like the ones that are three, you know, two dots on one. Yeah. Just to make it easy. But yeah. Um, Creative Chaos says that, <laughs> that she's probably going to know the name Phil Walker Harding, despite not playing many <laughs> board games at this pace. Probably. Yeah. Especially you keep listening to us. But, but if there is anybody's games that you should play, Phil, Phil Walker, Walker Harding. Harding. Let's say that again. <laughs> Phil, Phil Walker, Walker Harding. Harding. Because... <laughs> He makes really simple stuff, easy to get into, and all of his stuff is super streamlined, and it's functionally really cut. Yeah, he he has, like, really heavier games, but they're not that heavy. Like, Emotep can be heavy and thinky. But then he's got real simple games, which is a basic card game like Archaeology, The New Expedition. These are all... And Sushi Go. And Sushi Go. Um, That's really take the card you want. Yeah, and all it is, make sure you're doing things right. You can hate draft in it, but Sushi Go is actually pretty good about making sure the hate draft can't affect you because it it punishes you if you don't have enough of certain things right exactly <laughs> so yep. uh i think he's a phenomenal designer and he takes things from like the simplest he, he kind of like reminds me you always mention this render kinesia takes like a, a yeah um, mechanism, mechanism and just makes it really yeah. simplified and fast to go and phil walker harding does that same thing yeah absolutely couldn't agree more in fact i haven't played hardly any kinesia games just because I'm playing so many Phil Walker Yeah. Yeah. But, and then Illuminous uh, brought up Yellow. Yeah. They're, they're no longer distributing in North America for the time being. For the time being, yeah. Yeah, from what I understand. But Big Book Madness was good. It was an interesting deck builder. Weird yeah. I, tough. Tough as nails. Tough. I enjoyed it, but the, it just didn't do anything different for me for for uh, deck building. Yeah. I have yeah. a lot of deck builders, um, and that one just, it didn't grasp me like others yep. yeah you, yeah it, it i ended up getting rid of my copy it's not saying it's it's not good but it just didn't make the cut last time <laughs> uh the next game i've been playing is a game that's very very strange i finally got off the shelf of shame i haven't had it on there for too long but i got it in my most recent uh, purchases but it's a very different themed game the idea is that you are a group photographer and you are arranging the pieces for a group photo in like a diorama. Picture perfect? Picture perfect. I played it. I didn't even know you bought it. Oh, yes. I bought it. And I... Wow. <laughs> was it that good? Wow. There was something <laughs> so satisfying about playing it. And we played the simple mode, which I guess there's a more advanced auction <laughs> mode where you auction off the cutlery and the, the <laughs> like the dishes and stuff that are on your table. And each one are worth a point. Where this one, it's real simple. All you have to do is you each envelope uh, per character has three ones. Okay. And each their ones, you're trying to get as many of them as possible. Because if you get 
uh, zero of the ones for that character, they're worth minus three points. If you want, if you got one of them, it's one point. Two, mm-hmm. it's three points. And if you get all three, it's six points. So it's quite a bit. Okay. But you could also omit them entirely from the picture and just get zero points no matter what. Here's the catch. All of these envelopes are being traded around. And sometimes they could really, they can mess with themselves. They can actually functionally make things impossible. So like, I got one character who was like, I want to stand next to this person. And it was the same person. So that like, Oh, guaranteed right there. You you can't stand next to the person you are, you know, but that counts as it. But then I had one person who only wanted to stand in the front row, but then also only wanted to stand in the middle row, and then only wanted to stand in the back row. He wanted all three of those. So it's like, no matter where you put him, he's a point. He's just there. And so, like, you're trying to figure out all these things, and everybody, yeah, it's multiplayer solitaire. Um, but, yeah, it's it's so simple because... You have all these ones. It's a simple concept. But because everyone's so focused on their little board, it's funny to open up everything and you score every envelope that people have seen. And uh, like, and the interaction is really fun because you're throwing, you're, you're throwing like envelopes to other players that you don't want that you've seen. Like that one guy who was, in, who was impossible to get more than one point. Yeah. Like you better believe I passed him around like crazy <laughs> for everybody else to watch. And then there was one that I hoarded until eventually um, one of the other players was able allowed to steal a card from me and stole that exact one. And it just went, ooh. And what even better that you each have a VIP card, which you could throw in into one of the envelopes. And at the end of the game, that's going to be worth double points for everyone. So if you if you get everything, that's a twelve point swing. But if you get nothing, that's a minus six points already to hurt you. Oh, and man. that's for everyone because they're a very important guest. It was cool, and I think you would really enjoy it. Great components, good quality, simple concept, out of the box theme. I can't recommend it enough. That's picture perfect. Interesting. I again, I haven't played this one, so it's funny you're you're mentioning all the games we didn't play on our game night. I'm trying to do my best. <laughs> so, moving into my last game is one I have to mention it. You were in this one. It's one that we've been playing for the better part of three years now, or so. Yes, that's technically true. And so we finally started up one of our campaign games, Rise uh-huh. of Queensdale. Rise of Queensdale. That's right. We got back uh, into it. Back into it. And it took us a while to, <laughs> to remember everything. Cause it was, it was like, tough. Oh, wait, what? Uh, huh? We, what? Yeah. I'm and on it, a two game winning streak. That is two years apart. Yeah, exactly. Like nobody's broken your record and probably for distance as well. <laughs> yeah. Cause, uh, the last time we played, we looked it up was like February 2020 before all like the lockdown yeah. started. And then most years. recently, so it was like, t- January 2022 when we yeah. finally I won I finally won my first game of Rise of Queensdale right. which is probably like our fourth or fifth game of right. it or something like that no because uh you won it twice Bryce won it twice Dom won it once or vice versa something some, like somebody no, they won run it like three times they're they're they were ahead of us no yeah. no no um they've always met their epoch but they didn't win because of the whole I see uh, yeah. whoever's further from their goal mm-hmm. so but yeah, I know two people won it twice and one other person won it once. It wasn't me. So there's, there's already five games right there that I haven't won. And I finally won the game and then we haven't played it since. We had played it since. And so 
we started playing it again, and I won that game. So I was like, hey, I got a two-game winning streak. So there's only one person who has only won it once yeah. that we know of. Right. You know what the funny part was, too, about that is that when we bu- busted open, th- everyone in our group, we were all excited, but we're all very hesitant at the same yeah. time. Yeah. It was literally, it's like, all right, guys, let's do this. Let's start off. We're all four of us <coughs> are here. This is our opportunity. Let's yeah. play it. And we brought out the box and I, I felt a collective sigh as, as I was opening it. It was like, oh, uh, we started putting the boards and we couldn't figure out which way the boards went. Or, or who had to sit where because we always have to sit in the same, um, the, yeah, the same next to each other yeah, the, because the, the way the board group. is uh, set up. Yep. And, and so none of us remembered how to do that. So we had to just figure out how the board sat and then rearrange. Or any of the names we've came up with these characters. Because yeah. I named my character after a book I had read recently in the, when we started it. And when I'm looking, I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot I named him this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I didn't remember that I named my character Ralph. Ralph, yeah. Ralph. And so, and then we were going through the rules, and then the thing is, because we played several games beforehand, we had special rules for things that we've added to the mm-hmm. game, so we had to reread those. Yeah. And so, it took a better part of, like, 45 minutes just to get the setup, yeah. and reading it, it what makes me laugh about this is because we set it up, and then we read a, a thing that get for the next game, and we had to tear down all the things that we set up <laughs> because they had to add new yeah. pieces to it. We had to take uh, five pieces out and put those new five ones in, but we had to make sure the pieces weren't a specific piece because I'm trying to be as vague as possible because it is a legacy game. Right. And so it was just like... Ah, uh, we just put this. Okay, fine. We did that, and we put them all back out there. It was, and then everybody's like, "Oh, we have to change what we did because it was already set up, and we picked where we wanted to go for these things, and now the board is all spread out." Right. Yeah. Because <laughs> so, we wanted to make sure we had a grasp on the rules before we actually played, played it, it. Or read what we had it to change because it wouldn't have made sense. But yeah, when that happened, we're all like, oh, "It's fine. It's fine." <laughs> Let's just change it. Let's redo this part. We should be okay. But I forgot. It it almost took us longer to set up again than it did to play. To play it. Yeah, because we, yeah. we finished it pretty quickly. Yeah. Well, mind you, um, my goal was the lowest goal to hit. So. Right. Cause, uh, but you... But here's the thing, though. You were ahead of us in points. Like, legitimately, you were ahead of all of us until, like, right at the end, we did, like, some big jumps... Yeah, and we caught up to our personal epochs. Like I was probably the lowest comparatively. Yeah, you you didn't even reach uh, where you were supposed to go. You, no. but you did get into the red of that area, right? No, because no, you didn't get any seals. Nope. No, no. everyone gets a seal. Oh yeah, you get a red. You get a bonus. No, no, seal. I, I didn't did get, a seal. get a bonus. No, everybody gets a seal. I hit my epoch, so I oh, didn't get well, a seal. Everyone except for who eats their epoch. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, it's without spoilers. It, I forgot how much I enjoyed that game. I'm glad we played it, and that's a really good pick. Yeah, I had a great time. I'm glad to finally talk about it again because I don't think we ever talked about it in the podcast other than that we should play that again. <laughs> right. No, I completely agree. So it's uh, – and I'll I'll say this. It's a really simple worker placement once you figure out what you're doing. Right. But other than that, it's just – it's a good legacy game. I don't know how much of it I'm, I'm going to put in the ranking of legacy games I played. It's probably higher than some, but lower than others. Right. Yeah. It, I know it still stands pretty strongly as much as it, because it does some neat things that unlike most legacy games, and we haven't talked about it much, and it's not spoilers, but one of the things that I like about it is that certain parts get revealed to certain characters 
and it's private information. And, and that's like, the thing we had to remember. That was another yeah. thing we had to remember because uh, Buddy was asking about because I had a specific uh, resource that wasn't in the board yet, but I got it for a certain thing. And he's like, so because he had a, a yeah. ability to, yeah. you know, add that certain resource to his die. Mm-hmm. And it's like, so what, what, what do we know about it? And I'm like looking around. I can't mention anything. Yeah. <laughs> and it gives you clues as to what's going to happen later. Yeah. Like, because you can visit a, a clairvoyant. <coughs> and, mm-hmm. like, those clairvoyants will give you information of things that are potentially going to happen later in yeah. the games. I love that. In a legacy game, why hasn't anyone else done that? I mean, like, for that foreshadowing, that level of... I mean, it's a silly story anyway, but it's like, that is such an intriguing thing that I potentially know information about the future that nobody else knows mm-hmm. and i'm you better believe i'm keeping it secret also i do have to say rise of queen dill has the most useful and useless component i've ever seen oh the plunger the plunger <laughs> yes it's only job is because uh you're building on the the board it's only job is to help you take tiles off the board for you can put new tile right yeah, so you have a, the plunger of destiny. And my my crest, my flag, has a plunger on it. <laughs> I, I love that they played it into that whole yeah. idea. Like, they know it's ridiculous, and they're going full force into it. <laughs> yeah, it's so, hilarious. Yeah, it, it's a good time. I'm glad to play it again. Yeah. Your last game. Uh, so the question that I have for you, do you want me to talk about a game that, that you played or not played? And don't matter to me. Up to right. you. Let's talk about another Phil Walker Harding, because I want to pick your brain on it. Uh, this was the last game of the night uh, that we played. Um, it was a game called Snakes. Three S's. Yeah, three S's at the end. So the question, it's a party game from Phil Walker Harding. Okay. And partially social, social deduction. deduction. And I know how, and viewers of the podcast. Of the I know story, how much I hate social deduction. how much you hate it. But I know you were willing to because it's, it's Phil Walker Harding. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't wrong in saying that. It it's not really about the social deduction. Yeah, it's more about bluffing. It yeah, really it, it, it is not really a long game social deduction because every round it changes over six rounds. Yeah, so like if you're if you're the snakes this time, that doesn't mean you're going to be a snakes. I do have to say my biggest issue with the the one we played, mm-hmm. and this is it's not good for four players. No, it's garbage for four players. Yeah, it, well, it's not that bad, but the problem is it. If the the, the ordinary human, human yep. knows who the mongoose of truth is, then he knows who the snakes are. So yep. he's not going to vote for whatever the snakes are That's saying. Right. Yeah, exactly. So there's no way that you could play as um, as a human, the ordinary human, if you get dealt that randomly. Yeah. The only thing you have to do is to convince the other players. Now we played in the spirit of it. We yeah. didn't really like blatantly say it's like, oh, I'm an ordinary human. They're definitely snakes. Which I guess is a thing that you could do in like Werewolf and blatantly do it. It it's kind of pointless in that sense. It's only one round. But the fact is, like, I appreciate the fact that these um, that these uh, questions questions are just completely (laughs) vague, in vague, and vague on purpose because they don't want you to necessarily know the answers. You have to discuss like this absurdity and. I think it was something like, what was the original name of toilet paper? Oh, yeah. And, and I threw in what was an honest fact about it to throw people off. Like, that I yeah. knew that prior to toilet paper, there was, like, people used corn cobs and leaves and, like, all yeah. sorts of terrible things. I would feel awful. 
And and that's a very honest fact. But that led away from the correct answer <laughs> on purpose, too. <laughs> so that's really fun because the snakes all know the wrong know the correct answer and try and hint towards the correct answer. Yeah, so my my only gripe is that I wouldn't play this as a four player game. Yeah. Um, and I do play a lot of games at four player games. Mm-hmm. And so my biggest, other than that, I really, I, int- I was intrigued by it. I thought it was really enjoyable. The cover is a trip. And yeah, the, tr- the cover, the component quality is okay. The cards are okay. They're, the text is fine. It's like just generic cards. The, uh, the mongoose of truth is amazing. The, the, the pieces for like the snakes and the ordinary humans and stuff like that. Those were all great. Yeah. So. The only problem is now is that the fronts of my tiles, the ones that get mixed around and passed around, those are getting worn out a little bit. That's only the front of the tile, so it doesn't matter too much. Um, and also parts of them were are offset for the punch outs too. Yeah. So if somebody was being truly dishonest, they could memorize how much of like the C on like the characters. But again, you can off. find this in Target and Walmart for what, twenty bucks? Yeah. It's like a twenty dollar game, absolutely worth it. It's worth it. Yeah. Big Potato Games, I believe, is the publisher for that. So uh, let's give a shout out. Uh, we have a new visitor to our podcast. It's um, let's Dead Ghost Pixels. Dead Ghost Pixels. Uh, new to the board gaming hobby and got some for Christmas. And checking out the online presence. Well, thank you so much. Thank you uh, for joining us. We appreciate that. By all means, subscribe to us and join in our chat. We love hearing from you guys while we're chat while we're chatting as well. Yeah. And, and today's topic we're going to be talking about it's our chits and giggles. Um, podcast we're gonna do one we haven't done in a while a compare and contrast that's right it's been been a few months months. yeah Yeah. we've done space space versus machi koro Uh we've done on match versus funkoverse today is a personal favorite you want to tell them what it is that's right so i am a huge fan of escape rooms and i know you you quite enjoy them this is the unlock series versus exit so the reason we picked these two specifically, and this is also most just uh, the escape room right. and the games, but these are the ones we play most. Right. These are the ones we play the most, but we want to be very specific why we chose these two and why they're compared to the most, because there are a lot of escape room in a box board game, uh, and especially different lines. There's like deckscape. From, I have a few of those. Yeah, I have uh, a few as well. There is the um, escape room, the game, yeah. which is uh, one that was from Walmart, and we're going to go into a lot of differences in between all these. Yeah. Um, there's also a few others like uh, escape room in a box, which I forget the publisher for those, but they have some really immersive stuff. And now recently, there's box one from you know uh, Neil Patrick Harris, <laughs> Harry, yeah. Harry Eleven, but, who's not a board game publisher. They're but uh, box one is a solo uh, version of it. It's though. a solo, yeah, and it's really really involved. So it's interesting because um, yeah, and Creative Chaos has played one of those with me. So, but the two that we're talking about specifically is Unlock from the Space bigger two boys and Exit, the Escape Room series from uh, Ravensburger. Ravensburger. And I don't know who the designer for the Space Cowboys one is for Unlock. I know they do vary, but I know Inca and Marcus Brand are the designers for the original Exit, Exit series, yeah. which is important because we just talked about Rise right, of and that's one of their games. So right now we're kind of on a high with them. So where do you want to start this on the compare and contrast part okay. of it? Well, yeah. let's go to our poll, or not our poll, our topic over here. Yeah. Again, we always put on our 
for our podcast, information at the Board Game Revolution on Facebook. We either ask a question as such as this, compare and contrast, exit versus unlocked, which have you played and which do you prefer? Uh, we also put up our polls for the top eight debates anytime, so go give them some love, join that, and you can watch out for our posts about these. And I feel like we'll be able to do a pretty good um, pretty good instance of this, but we will try to be as spoiler-free as possible. Yes. I don't think we'll necessarily need to um, go into specifics of the scenarios. Scenarios, yeah, yeah, yeah. But some of the concept of how they work, functionality, and 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 some of the things that you can expect, we'll probably go over. So if you just completely don't want to hear anything, uh, just leave our pl- podcast playing, download it a few more times, but leave it on mute, you know, <laughs> just in all fairness. Alright, so go ahead, take it away. So, um, again, I the question I asked was about which exit w- or unlocked, which do you prefer and which you played. We have well, two comments, basically are the same comment, and Justin says, I like each for different reasons and dislikes are countered by the other. While I'm not a fan of the deck exploration that unlock sets up, I do like how I can pass a copy around from my, my game group for more people to try and enjoy. Meanwhile, excess puzzles are more diverse and interesting as one and done. I can't share the experience with others. Pass that first go at it. Yep. And that was actually one of the main things why we decided to bring this up. It, right. Because that's the biggest uh, difference between the two games yes. is exit is one and done. You can only play exit once with your group because you're doing destructions to the pieces. Right. Whereas unlock, you solve your puzzle. I can pass it off to someone else, or yep. I can resell it. This way, someone else can have an experience with it. That's right. Yeah, and and I want to be clear. I genuinely don't think that the reason exit did that was to uh, make it force people to buy copies. I yeah, really no don't no think no that. yeah. I mean, like, cause I think they just really argument. wanted to, to feel like an escape room in the game. So right. you have to do certain things. Sometimes you have to do like these weird puzzles that would not be possible with just cards. And so that that's an interesting thing to consider. And once yeah. again, these are exit does a great job of making an inexpensive package. Normal exit scenarios are $15 in the box. And same with the Unlock series, except that's just a deck of about 60 cards that are slightly larger. Yeah. On average. In on on honesty, uh, usually when you first got into Unlocked, they had them individually paced. So you could buy them for like $10-$15 for a scenario and then pass it on. Whereas now they put them into like big box bundles where Mm -hmm. it's three games for I think it's like $40 or something like that. It's 30 yeah, Sorry, or thirty-five, something. Yeah, like something that. like that. It's like in anywhere between thirty to, or to forty. You could usually find both of these series of games on sales everywhere. Yeah. Um. But that so both of them are very inexpensive. The only difference is one can be passed on while the other one can't. That's the main that's the big difference. Yeah. yeah. So I mean that that's that's definitely a a plus as far as unlock goes. As far as you know it. And the same with, like, box one, for example. I handed my copy to you because I want you to try it, right? Yeah. I'm not hinting at anything right now. I don't uh-huh. want you to, No. But it's true. Like, I was able to do that. Yeah. And and do so without destroying the components, which is a huge, important thing. Whereas uh, Unlock, I feel like there's also a detriment to that. Even though Unlock is replayable and you can give it to somebody to play... I feel like the fact that they stuck to just cards and nothing can be manipulated outside of the cards. You're looking at being like turned or yeah, you can turn them around. You you're never cutting pieces. You're never uh, physically handling props. 
which sometimes exit series will do. You're never doing anything that is, um, you know, necessarily outside the box or, or strange, but you're supposed to immerse yourself in the role. And I feel like that's a detriment in a way because of the fact that, you know, everything is just on the cards. You know, you're yeah. seeing it from the perspective of whatever the picture is Not illustrating. everything is on the cards. Well, right. But you see what I mean? Though. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You, you can't. Like, for Exit, there are some times where you will have a physical piece mm -hmm. that you can maneuver around, right? Either that you've built it or looked at it or you have a different uh, perspective on it. And you can see it in different ways and work with it in that way um, where you have that, like, it almost feels more immersive. Whereas Unlock, no matter what is done, you can't, you have to be off of the cards. Now, they've since tried to fix that, too. Yeah. They've done that with the app. Yeah. The app provides things called, like, uh, puzzles or mechanisms, I think is what it's called, machines. Yeah. And where you can actually do... That's what I was going to mention, there. is that yeah. the app, they integrate the app very well to do the puzzle aspect of it that Exit gives you out of the box. Right. Now, there are some issues for me personally on the Unlock series, which... I'll admit is the one I prefer to play just because I like the ability to, okay. you know, shift it to other people. Yeah. And so, whereas exits uh, are a one and done experience, right. a great experience. I remember having a blast playing it. There's another detriment to both of these games. Yeah. And that's the player count. Yes. We, I feel like unlock is a little more friendly with the player, player count. count. Yes. And that's because what we do when we, when we play the unlock series, is we shuffle up the cards, other than like the ones that you need like right away. Yeah. Shuffle them up, and we deal them out to every player. And you are only allowed to look at the backs of the ones that are in front of you. Yeah. So that way, it's like, okay, we have a new map card. We need card number 27, 18, and 45. Mm -hmm. So everybody starts looking at their cards, and, and everybody, there's always kind of that enjoyment of like, oh, I got it. I got it. And then it, it keeps everybody in a way involved. And yeah. the cards, I appreciate the fact that you can pass them around. Whereas, like, um, that that makes it a little better for, like, three, maybe four players. Yeah. Whereas the Exit series, you have the one paper book. Exactly. And then the manipulation of the pieces. And you also, because Exit tends to be more escape room in a box, you can also have that one person who just bullies their way into trying to be the best there's ways that you can try to mitigate that but there's always going to be someone who's like really good at puzzles and you know no. can mess with the experience for others people because he's like or they they are like hey i got this i figured this out or i know this right and i've played with people like that at the shop mm -hmm. i've played with like people like that outside of the shop uh at conventions stuff like that so it can be a detriment for other people but if you have the right game group I think exit works well, right. but I think unlock is a bit more friendly with their player count. Right. Yeah. So if we're talking as far as player count goes and replayability, unlock is technically the better one as far as those two categories mm -hmm. go, because you can give that to other players. You don't, it doesn't break the game. Yeah. You know, you don't have to destroy anything. Um, to answer dead ghost pixels, a question, uh, both of these games are a one and done style of game, which what that means is that, because you're going to be learning and solving puzzles and reading yeah. the storyline, um, the surprises you can't play it, play it again. Time, yeah, regardless of it. But the difference is, unlock can be given to somebody else mm -hmm. and they could play it, whereas exits cannot. Yeah, exactly. 
So uh, I do want to want to make a big mention about this. We kind of talked about at the beginning. Unlock does have a big series with it. They have got the Star Wars license on them, and so you can now do an escape room series Mm -hmm. with the Star Wars license. And I own it. haven't played it yet. I really want to. Same here. Um, As for the exits, I don't know if they have really big series. They've never had an IP. Uh, An IP. Though they just recently came out with a really big one that's a two-parter. And I think it's what is the Escape from the Catacombs or something like that. The Catacombs, yes. And I've played that one, too. Um, One thing that I really like about it, I mean, yes, it doesn't have an IP, right? Mm -hmm. But that one had a two-part puzzle. And one one part was significantly harder than the other. Um, They do a really good job of creating puzzles and situations that you would potentially see in a real escape room. A real well done escape room considering how small the considering how small the packages and how more or less inexpensive the components are they make manipulative puzzles that you would not have and the way that let's talk about how the actual puzzles are solved right or not but yeah let's talk about the mechanism and how they work exit uses a mechanism that is essentially like a big dial rotary thing. And you have to position the, the dials to give a code. Mm-hmm. And then in a certain window, it'll give you a number, which you'll check a card of that number. And if it's correct, um, I do appreciate this fact that it, instead of just saying you are either right or wrong to potentially call uh, prevent false positives, you draw a card that says, where did you see this symbol? And that symbol, like, you might have found it on, like, a case or something. It's like a triangle or something. Then you go, okay, well, I found that on the case. Then it will tell you if you're right or wrong. because So that way it prevents people from brute forcing it. Yeah. Which is good. Which is awesome. Because that's a huge, important thing. Um, I've explained this before that I co-own, uh, with a friend of mine, a mobile escape room company. Yeah. And brute forcing is a really obnoxious thing to see people do. But some people will do it. Um, like there's people who do like lock spinning, who just sit there and spin a three combination lock, waiting to see if they can get the combination. But they'll be doing that while looking at the puzzle just to see if they can just brute force it and open it up. Or yeah. like if the case doesn't close properly, we had a play test session where where somebody literally just like kind of pried open the case because it was a plastic one because we just couldn't afford better ones at the time. Yeah. And they pried it open and just reached in and grabbed the, the thing that they needed. And so, like, stuff like that, that's brute forcing. And and uh, Exit does it a much better system because of that dial. Yeah. You can't brute force it nearly as easily. It's still possible. But um, where Unlock, the way that you solve the puzzles is more often than not, you will need two items that are combined together, mm-hmm. a red and a, and a blue. You combine those together. That'll give you a number. If anyone has a card on the back uh, that has that same number then that is potentially the card that combines. Now, it doesn't mean that you've solved the puzzle correctly. It might actually cause a really funny scenario where it's like, oh, well, you electrocuted yourself. Huh? Like, <laughs> or like you did something really silly. But like it, it's absolutely something yeah. that you could do. And so uh, another thing I have to mention about the Unlock series is, especially with one of the earlier ones, the, what is it, the Deep Sea Nautilus? Mm-hmm. There was an issue with the way things got printed on there, so people were having an unti- a hard time 
finishing a puzzle because the way the things weren't lining up like it should. Right. And so I ran into that. Yeah. It didn't knock me onto um, not liking the Unlock series, mm-hmm. but it also made me hesitant to play more of it. But when I did play some more of them, I really, right. really do enjoy them. And I like the fact that they keep going back to the characters they started up with, yeah. the, the mad scientist and the, the, what is it, Mr. Squeak or something oh, like that? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Squeak something. Yeah, it's the mad scientist and the mouse. I do love the fact that they keep going back to that those scenarios every right. now and then. The, also, I have to say Unlock also has um, another IP on it, the uh, Wizard of Oz. Yeah, it it does. You're right. It has Wizard of Oz as one of the storylines. Yeah, and that one's cool. I have not played that one yet. I have I, not played I, I that one. I believe I might have, but I don't remember it. Um, yeah, and Illuminous is absolutely right. Uh, the art style in Unlock is really good. Exits is okay. Yeah, um, the the books that they normally have with the puzzles, mm-hmm. they're fine. Um, I I would say Unlock is technically more immersive because you're forced to use your imagination, whereas if you're more of like a hands on person. Exit's better for Exit you. Makes more sense if you want to do more more tactile um, stuff right. like uh, manipulating right. or you know taking pieces apart, and then this way you can use them properly in a puzzle somewhere. Because mm-hmm. there was one point where we had a we played the the first time I played unlocked, we had to cut things up this way right. we could figure out what we needed to do, and so we had a, a really good time. Whereas you can't really do that with unlocked. The, the only manipulation you have is either flipping the card. Right. Like I said, it's gotten better because of the app integration, but some people don't want to play with the app. Right, exactly. And that's still only, like, you hand the app to one person and they're solving the puzzle. Even if yeah. it's a tablet, it's still one person. Yeah. Now, I will give Unlock credit, though. In the bigger boxes, the three packs, I played one recently where it included artifacts, um, like a poster, you know, yeah, yeah, things, yeah. like a file folder, you know, but it, it wasn't more than, like, a larger sheet of paper that they could only do in a bigger box. Whereas Exit's been doing this for years. And in fact, um, to add to Dead Pixels' thoughts, he was asking, do the exit pieces go to waste then, or can you combine them into their other titles? You can't combine them with other titles, but I will say in, in a few of my exit uh, games, they have you have built these artifacts, as I'm going to call them, these, yeah. these props that you're using in the escape room, and I have put those around my house because they don't spoil anything, and they're just really strange things that we've created. <laughs> And, and nobody would go into your house and be like, what is that? Because they're used to strange things in your they house. They are used to strange things <laughs> in my house, but it, it fits the theme, right? Yeah. And it's like, you know, if there's like a weird little paper figure thing that's that's built up that I use to solve a puzzle that doesn't have the answer on it, I, why not show that off? That's kind of neat. Yeah. Um, in that Catacombs one, there's there's some little plastic skulls that they use from time that's, to time. Yeah. Yeah. And so like, why not have those out? That's yeah. A cool little, that's a cool little piece. What I do have to say about both games that do really well, mm-hmm. they let you know if they're family friendly or yes. more difficult. They let you know there's a difficulty rating of mm-hmm. their puzzles in their game, and they're very good about telling, hey, this is medium weight, so yep. maybe not play this with the younger audience, or like right. the catacombs, they're saying, don't play this with the younger yeah, audience because it's, it's, it's a bit uh, intense. Like, it's not, it's not upsetting. Like, yeah. I mean, like the storyline it's it's not that bad but yeah it was a very difficult thing for yeah. me and and our mutual friend which we are seasoned escape room like yeah both both portable escape rooms like port escape rooms in a box and real escape rooms we've played quite a few and we feel like we're decent at them and when we get a really hard time this is stuff like that it it's challenging and unlocks we've never had an overwhelming hard time 
Yeah. Whereas exit, we definitely there's have. a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it, it also tells you. So if you're not someone you like escape rooms, but you don't want something like super heavy puzzly, right. it tells you. And unlock does it too. Uh, it tells you on the back of the box the medium, to, the, the from easy to difficult, and it's usually like a yeah. five star rating. So right, uh, just. Follow where the stars will light up. If it's easier, that's more family friendly yep. or people who don't who just want the experience, but not too difficult to puzzles. Mm-hmm. And you could just wrap it up. If you think, okay, I'm getting really good at these. These are getting too easy. Then you can go to the next difficulty. Exit has a higher difficulty level, mm-hmm. uh, compared to the unlocked again, because yeah. that's okay. also based this because of unlocks card play it's all it is it's really right. just manipulation of the cards whereas exit you actually are physically messing with fu- puzzles yeah absolutely so should we now go into the topic of let's let's talk about some of the puzzles that were notable and like how they approached them and how they solved them um, i i don't really want to go into too much of that just because how to solve it but. yeah but no but just because spoilers um right they're, well, we're trying to tell one, people about playing games. the thing that i'm thinking of though specifically is exit has came out with two recent uh very interesting concepts in their exit line mm-hmm. one being the jigsaw puzzle exit. oh yeah, yeah yeah they just started those yeah that that includes jigsaw puzzles in it uh, yeah you know i have not played any of them so i genuinely don't know why but i know the only thing that i know about the jigsaw puzzles that you're not just solving a, j- a jigsaw puzzle. Yeah. Like, there, there's more. There's actually clues on the jigsaw puzzles. Or maybe you mo- do things with different. Yeah. Things. If you complete know. it, it can do something, open something up right. for you. Yeah. And then, but they did a recent one that I don't believe was, I'm 90% sure it was not released in America. It was only like UK was the only English <coughs> copy. They did an exit es- escape room advent calendar. Which, had you heard about that one? Mm -hmm. Yeah, the playtime is 24 days, as it says on the box. Uh, Each puzzle is, realistically, you open up a window and it's about a 10-minute puzzle. Yeah. So, it's you know, it's not quite as big. But that's... I had been telling uh, my my business owner that that I would have loved to do an escape room advent calendar. Like, escape to Christmas thing. Yeah. I had always thought that was a great idea, and I'm glad that they did it. Yeah, no, it it sounds familiar or uh, great that they were doing. Um, but again, a lot of the gaming companies in Europe do advent calendar type stuff, usually promo packs or this one. They actually did an escape room. Mm -hmm. Bring it to America. (laughs) Come on. Well, it makes sense because in Germany, that's where advent Advent calendars calendars came from. Yeah. Right. Because my mom, uh, used to buy us advent calendars growing up as a kid because when she was living in Germany that back in the seventies, that was a thing that they were doing over there. Absolutely. And I'm glad that they brought it over because I love that idea. So the fact that Robinsberger is willing to think outside of the box to that level. That that's a huge plus for it. Also, it, not surprising because it's a German company. Yeah, right. <laughs> but then it's also it's also worth noting as well that uh, the unlock or not the unlock the exit series has a higher accolade. They won the Kenner Spiel. Yeah, the exit series won the, the Kenner the second highest board game award that you can get. Well, I wouldn't say second highest, but one of the more popular board game right. awards. Well, I mean, yeah, it's it's the gamer game <laughs> yeah. of like the the most decorated. Yeah, uh, but because uh, I mean, we've talked to Keith Mateka and he says it's good for Europe. Yeah, yeah. So it, it doesn't have a lot of power yeah. here in the states. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, so you're from the UK? Thanks for joining us. That's awesome. Uh, this is probably really late for you, isn't it? Or early. <laughs> um, 
Goodness, I don't know the time difference from New Mexico. It's, <laughs> it's eight o'clock here or eight eight forty four. Here in New Mexico. So, yeah, it's... So, uh, tell us your time difference. It's tomorrow. For the- <laughs> it's definitely tomorrow. Yeah, definitely. That's awesome. But, yeah, so the the thing about it, um, the jigsaw puzzle and the advent yeah. calendar, yeah, X is doing phenomenal things. But you look at the Unlock series, why fix what's not broken? They're still selling right. well. They're doing good things. They like the the pass it off. Um where you can share with other people and more people get that experience as well. So I do like what they're doing. I like the fact that the IPs are on unlocked as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Um, what else do you want to go over? Um, so the last thing I really want to go over and I want to make this apparent is which one gives you that sense of being in a real escape room? Which one is the closest simulation to that? Because I think the only, this is the big thing. Yeah. Yeah. The, the only, we agree the price is the same. Yeah. Point. Um, <laughs> Which ones are which ones are more of like a, a simulacrum in a way of mm-hmm. of escape rooms? Yeah. And since I've I've played escape rooms and I've basically fallen back on these to get as close to an experience as I could without having to pay. Like let let's be honest, escape rooms, escape rooms are, are not. Yeah, yeah. They're you know twenty five to fifty dollars a person is not unheard of. It's really not. Um. And it's really cool, but the thing is, which one is the most realistic? Um, if I had to say one immediately, it's Exit. Exit, yeah. Yeah, and that's because – but there's also a detriment to that too. So that's because in Escape Rooms, part of the enjoy- enjoyment is that you're in this fantasy world and you're you're not role-playing per se, but like I did an Escape Room re- uh, not a few years back where you're in the cabin of like a serial killer. And you're like locked in, and that is terrifying. Like, and and that has we have some very fond memories of it. But being it with that dilapidated wood, like the, the dim dim lights. Man, I wish I creaky, did that one. Oh, it's great. It's, Instead, we did that weird one where the stuff were falling on our heads. Yeah, that's right. You were the one who joined us on that one. Um, <laughs> yeah, there was one that is now unfortunately defunct. Oh well. It's now defunct, but yeah, like they, there was times where you would just look up and at the ceiling and there was just stuff taped to it. And that was like part of the puzzles. You had to figure out what was taped to it. But then we had to ask him, it's like, hey, the one that's like hanging on with the tape, um, do we like, do we pick that? Like, is that a thing? You know, but that's, you know. And the tape most, wouldn't stick either. It kept yeah. falling on us. Yeah, and some of the pieces were like broken. So yeah. mostly it was a cool concept, but yeah, it was just, it was rough. They had a heat gun that didn't work properly. Right, exactly. That was, and that was a cool idea. But, yeah. And so the, what Exit does differently than Unlock is that it provides you these props that you can use and it gives you different perspectives that are closer to a real escape room experience in that in that um, example, right? Uh, Unlock definitely hope or plays on the idea that you are, uh, you know, in your imagination a little bit. Yeah. And really tries to play in it. So it's not as good of a simulation per se. Um, now, when we're done with this discussion, I, w- I do want to touch base on some of the other escape room yeah, yeah, we uh, can. games and explain which ones would be better for that anyway, because I don't think even Exit is the best version of that. Uh, simulation so the only one i can think of other than that box one under there that you'll say is better is the one that has like all the keys and components and stuff like that Mm, that one's okay 
It's okay. Okay. So, yeah, I think Exit does have the better escape room feel, and Illuminous says Unlock is like a picture book for them, and I get that. What I really like the fact about Unlock is the portability. Yep. I can take this game on a plane and play it because it's just a deck of cards. So, like, right. me and my wife can play Unlock on the, the plane. Yeah, that would be different, wouldn't it? Yeah. Oh, because exit would yeah, be a hard could. time to do. Yeah, I mean, you could do it with exit, but you can't take scissors or anything. So. <laughs> <Right>. yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, you, but with unlock, you can actually play it on the plane. Yeah, you would look kind of strange if you were like stringing together some kind of contraption. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, using exit that would be different. <laughs> now, again, I agree with you that exit gives you the more of the escape room feel, but I do right. like some of the puzzles in unlocked. Yes. I like the way it works. And for me, the big factor about it is the portability. I could take a section of it with me on a plane. I could take it on a trip. So, like, if we just had to kill time before, say, we're going to go to an amusement park and we just need an hour to play something at breakfast mm -hmm. or something like that, it's much easier to do that than with Exit when you have to be more involved yeah. and figure out because the puzzles and the way things go. So, even though Exit is the better of the experiences out of uh, the two it's not necessarily better, better or, or the stronger the more, feeling of it yeah it's the more simulated yeah one. yeah whereas unlocked i think does a really good job because of its portability so and and the thing is that's not to say that the puzzles in unlock aren't good because yeah. they're actually really creative <laughs> It's just they're not as manipulative or kinesthetic as... Yeah. And I, as, I do have to say that a good thing for About Unlocked, mm -hmm. the fact that they can put these really good puzzles yes. in a card game. Yes. That is it's amazing. Huge. Yeah. It's huge. Um, now, the biggest detriment that I can say to any of these, even though as much as I like Exit, there is one thing that they do that is obnoxious. And that is they oftentimes do stuff very meta where oh, yes where and this is worth noting it's not going to spoil anything but they when you open an exit just assume every part of that packaging has to do with the game um just yep. assume that you shouldn't throw away anything until you're told to do so or you're done with the experience yeah it just because and they don't explain like, this to you either. Right. Just because, like, thematically, you might be solving a puzzle that's simulating, like, I don't know, sliding tiles around or whatever. Yeah. But the components are made out of paper and cardboard, and they remember that. Like, they know, like, some of the production that they put into it. Yeah. And there is some times where it completely breaks the wall, and you have to do something that is counterintuitive to the experience of what you're doing. So, like... For example, if, and I, I don't want to pick any specific exit, but let's say if there was one about a cabin, like, I think there is. But, yeah, that's but, the first yeah, one. Yeah. <laughs> let's say, like, in the example of, of, like, me doing that real escape room in a cabin. Yeah. Like, if, am I going to, like, bust out a computer and start Googling something? No, probably not in the escape room because I'm trying to feel like I'm trapped. Yeah. And they do break that wall from time to time and... Uh, our, my mutual friend, or our mutual friend Jim, he hates it when that happens. And yeah, because it takes that, you out of the. It takes you out of the story. It's like, yeah, it's a really inventive puzzle, but now I don't feel like I'm doing what I'm doing. Yeah. Uh, another thing we have to mention about these is both of them. 
allow you to take hints. So if like you get stuck yes. somewhere, well, it helps system, you. Yeah. yeah, it they both do the hint system very well. Mm-hmm. Um, again, unlocked has the app integration, yep. so that helps out a lot too with the hint system. Yeah. Is like, hey, exit is uh, completely independent of unlock. Yeah. You don't need or you don't need a phone. Yeah, or, exactly. Or app. And mostly in the unlocked is very integrated with the app. You don't have to. It's highly recommended that you should use the app. It yes. just makes things go a lot quicker. Well, some of them you do have. To. Yeah, and the, some of them you do have to. Yeah. So if you're looking to be so, if you want to be that. completely off the the electronics, then exit is going to be your choice. Um, unlocked is still a phenomenal game. I really really enjoy it. So now let's compare it to a few other like a portable escape room board game whatever you want to call it um which ones have you played and uh let's talk about those deckscape is the other one i've played okay. it's the... i played a single deckscape i played version. one as well yeah. so um i own a few but um <laughs> well you know, when you can find them for five bucks a piece <laughs> right exactly um which you know everyone's all they they retail at the same price as these guys yeah but it's a smaller box the cards are a little more square, yeah so a bigger unlocked is about almost tarot card size right Whereas Deckscape is literally like a deck of cards. Well, no, it's like two cards that are sideways. It's yeah. like weird, like yeah. But yeah, it's, it's a strange size. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of weird. But they do a lot of the things um that that a lot of them do, but there's one big detriment to Deckscape that I that I do not like, and that's um how you solve the puzzle. Basically you're given a question and you have to <laughs> guess the answer. Yeah. And it'll just tell you if you're right or wrong. Yeah, it like, doesn't. It's so not really a lot of uh, escaping. Yeah, and like, and so that's mind you, we've only played one scenario, so I don't right, know if it's right. with the other games. I'm willing to give the others a try. It's just that was really frustrating. I played the um, Fate of London. That was the one I played. Uh, that's not the one I played. I played the um, the what is it? The Pharaoh one. Okay, yeah, mine was a casino based one, but yeah, okay. it's um. The, the whole, I, I hated that, like where it's like, I'm pretty sure this is what it does. And you just have to flip over the card. And then if you're right, good. If not, you get penalized. Like that's stupid. I yeah. You, that. And so just to let everybody know, you've actually played more of the um, escape room games than I have. So right. so I'll, I'll go into as much as I can. Later. Yeah. So let's talk about the one that you keep talking about. The, the one that's one. done. Yeah. The, yeah. You want to grab that real quick? Or, so I can just show them. So I can't show you much, and, and really, it's not coined as an escape room, but this this is a really interesting one. It's called Box One by uh, by Theory Eleven is the publisher. They are known for making magic supplies, um, and decks of cards is a big thing for them now. They make like the Mandalorian decks of cards and Harry Potter. <coughs> oh man, those are pretty Wars. cards. They're too. gorgeous, right? And this company is known for that. They used to make. Uh, Stuff for magicians. That's yeah, thing. yeah. And so I know that they worked with Neil Patrick Harris, who uh, is actually Psycho. a magician. He's a professional <laughs> magician, and he was the president of the Magic Castle for a few years. Mm-hmm. And so, like, he's a professional magician, and so that makes sense. A lot of people don't realize that, but this one, Box One, is kind of like an escape room experience. It's called an ever-evolving game of trivia, codes, puzzles, and discovery. A game for one, created by one. So it's it's just for one player. Yeah. It, and it's not like you have a timer. You don't have a timer in this. It's not like a traditional. You have to escape in a fir- in a certain amount of time, or it's either win or don't. The... You go through the storyline. And first off, as far as sim similarities to a real escape room, this is paramount. The yeah. the components in this 
are some of the best components I've ever seen in Escape Room. That what they do in this is unlike any other portable escape room experience I've experienced. There is only one that I would say could kind of compare to this one. But I'll talk about those in a bit. But the fact that this is made for one person Mm -hmm. is what makes this so intriguing. And it really messes with you when you're doing it. Because you're not... You're not worried about, you know, other people messing you up and, and uh, taking away from your experience because it's just you. I mean, you could probably play this with two players, really. Yeah. But, I mean, they But it really says for one. It. it says for one, and I did it that way, and I could not encourage enough people to do this. This is, if you're looking for a great experience, it's a little expensive, but it's not just an hour. It'll take you longer than that. I think yeah. this retails at 30 yeah, it's not too bad. No, it's not too bad. It's still a price of a one person for escape room. Yeah, but this one, it is not. It's not consumable. No, mm-hmm. oh, I mean, there's a there's a pad of note paper. Yeah, yeah. that's consumable. Whatever. Um, but it's not technically consumable. But the fact that I can lend this to you and you can play it, hopefully soon, and you'll enjoy every bit of it. It's really neat. But the puzzles in there are completely different than anything else I've ever seen. And <laughs> that's what makes the experience. I can't go into it without without spoilers. All I can say is that my excitement is real. And I have played this maybe three or four months ago. And I still get kind of a little bit of a high when you, <laughs> when you discover one thing. And then you discover the next thing. And you figure out where everything's going. It's fantastic. The theme is spot on it's so immersive and the puzzles are they tend to be a little easier so it's more introductory that might be the best introduction escape room in a box sounds pretty good i i do have to try it uh so you've also played the walmart one yeah uh, uh, escape room the game that one um so the difference with that one is it has a contraption yeah um this contraption is battery powered um, I think it retails at $35, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it's not it has super expensive. four cases in the box, and you have plastic keys, which the keys are interesting because they have different shapes cut out in the holes. They have different little codes on them. They have different numbers, uh, different ways, and that's on purpose because sometimes you need to figure out a code based on those keys and put it into the decoder of in a certain way, and it will tell you if that is the correct function. Mm-hmm. And that decoder is cool. It's a timer, and it tells you this, and it has sounds and stuff. And it's it's a really neat device. It works really well for what it does. The rest of the components are decent. Um, the My only complaint about those, um, so the production quality is really good. I hate the cardboard, like, tuck box. That's annoying. But some of the components that you gain from doing these escape rooms... yeah you need to use in future scenarios or expansions that they, to make it in less expensive for you to buy, they just simply don't include it. So it might say, Oh, use component this from the base game along with that, okay. along with the, this expansion in order to play it. And it will just tell you when, and they normally have like envelopes that have all the components and there's decent components. Um, if you're not sure about that, that one's a fun one too. Um, and you can get hints, I believe, from the decoder as well. So mostly that's a pretty decent one. I would rank that... I would rank that probably about as high as the exits. 
Okay. But with less creative puzzles. Okay. Yeah, the puzzles aren't as creative. Any others? Yes. Um, let's talk about uh, the break-in series. Uh, there's the Alcatraz game. I bought it from Target. Uh, it's yeah, in yeah, a weird, yeah. uh, like, I want to say hexagonal box. Yeah, that, I that, saw that game. at um, Target. Uh, that's off-center, yeah. Um, so the premise is cool. You have to break into Alcatraz to get your friend to escape, right? Ooh, excuse me. Worst <laughs> escape room in a box that I have personally That's the played. only uh, reason I remember that after it's you said the, the name because you <laughs> went on a it rant. It was awful. There was multiple times where the functionality of, like, because the... The way it works makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like you, you go through one level, then you open up part of the box. You go through another level, you open up another part of the box, and you start delving in, which is a great concept. Okay. Some of the puzzles were legitimately broken. Like they weren't. They you couldn't functionally use them. Like there was one part where you had to look at the underside of a ceiling of a box that was attached to the thing, and you had to like look through a hole to like kind of see like the top part of it. Okay. And you couldn't do that because it's glued to the base. And so you couldn't really do it. And even if you could, the lighting is terrible. You like, you're trying to shine a light in it and you just can't do it because it's so small. And then there was one time where we kept trying to solve a puzzle, trying to solve a puzzle, trying to solve a puzzle, couldn't do it. And my, my friend Jim and I, we don't like getting hints for stuff like this. So we like, we're like, okay, fine. We give up. We need to get past this puzzle. We looked at the hint book and it had a typo. Oh, God. It had a typo. How does that get past development? Especially for escape room games. Yeah. yeah so you, you'll see typos here and there in rule books and right. stuff like that. But something that needs to be yes. as best as possibly can. This is. No, it was it was incredibly frustrating. My wife played it with us. It was us originally as a three player game. Halfway through it, she left. And I really don't blame her for that because she was just not having fun. I felt really bad at the end of it. That pretty much turned her off from escape rooms. It was so frustrating, but, you know, what What could you do? You, you don't know it going in. But yeah. So we're hoping that that helps because that that one, I'm hoping they stay away from problems. that one. Yeah. It was just really awful. And it was a worse experience. The next one I'm going to talk about. <laughs> Yes, I've played this many, is Escape Room in a Box. They did the werewolf experiment, and they did, like, the flashback 80s. That's the one. Uh, I don't... It's been a while since i played it. It's a one-time experience. Normally takes about two hours. The component quality in there is fantastic. It's one of those ones where it it's the closest simulation to an escape room. Okay. Uh, even including box one. Like, it's it has some really interesting components... They do things, uh, they provide you everything that you're going to need. And sometimes you need very specialty components. It's not like you have to assemble a, a thing that's supposed to simulate like a statue or whatever. No, like they would just give you a statue in the box. You know, <laughs> like they're not going to do that. So they have props. They do all this cool stuff. That one was a really good one. Uh, both the ones I've played on that, the Flashback 80s and the Werewolf Experiment, also really good. Okay, I'll have to check those ones out. And I think that covers all of them. <laughs> all right. I'm sure there's one or two that I've played that so was like, eh, you, you know. 
Everybody out there, you got a plethora of choices except for the Alcatraz one. Don't touch that yeah, one. Um, can, back to our main topic. Yes. Uh, so the compare and contrast was for <laughs> exit and unlocked. So for us, the way we're going to do this is if you want more of the puzzly escape room tactile feel, then we recommend exit. exit. Yep. If you want the portability, the replayability to mm-hmm. you know to lend to other people or the IP or the IP. Um, as well as the, again, going back to the portability, being able to take something pretty simple with you on a plane or a trip or something like that, then yeah. we're going to recommend Unlocked. Or if you hate the idea of, of destroying, destroying cards, components. yeah. 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 But Good other deal. than that, um, highly recommend you try both of these games, but yeah. um, this at least will hopefully help you decide which one's better fit for you. That's right. And sorry for that long rant at the end there, but if you are also considering any of the ones that I also mentioned, those are also decent ones that you can look into, um, except for really the Alcatraz one. That was the worst one. Yeah. Um, and there might be others that are bad or good that I have planned to play. We'll see. Um, I have some on my shelf of shame that I do plan on playing. But yeah, I have a couple. Yeah. Yeah. A few. And But different even series. Like, yeah. <laughs> so this is kind of a common thing now. It's a little weird. But uh, we definitely want to thank you so much for tuning in. Hopefully that helped you out. Uh, if you ever want to give us a suggestion for an upcoming episode, you absolutely can. You can email us at everydayboardgames2020 at gmail.com. Why do you keep changing this up? We, we need consistency, all right? We need consistency. You can add me in the script. That's fine. But all I right. don't run off the script. Uh, you can also get in contact with us at our Twitter account at EBG Podcast. So we want to give a shout out to Illuminous uh, and also Dead Ghost Pixels and our friend Creative Chaos. All of you guys, thank you so much for tuning in live and joining in on our chat. Uh, Hopefully we answered some of your questions. By all means, if you ever want to watch a live episode, go to twitch.tv slash everydayboardgames and you can watch in and join in on the chat live and our debates and everything and include your commentary. But we also suggest uh, subscribing to us on Twitch Mm -hmm. so you'll get a notification when we come up online. Sometimes we've been a little more consistent lately, and now every time I say that, we normally have to change. Yeah. So we want you to know when we're going to be live. As well as you can find all video re-uploads on YouTube at Everyday Board Games 2020. And if you like what we do, there are three things that you can do to help us grow on that platform. Subscribe if you're not. Like the video and comment down below and tell us your thoughts on the subject. As well as all audio versions can be found on most podcast platforms under the Everyday Board Games podcast. This includes Spotify, Google, Amazon Music, and Podbean. So we want to thank you so much for tuning in. As always, I've been your host, Daniel. And I've been your host, Daniel. And we want to thank you for listening to Everyday Board Games. And remember, every day is a good day for board gaming.